This is the Fade You Podcast. Today is Tuesday, September 22nd. My name is Matthew James here with a happy belated birthday, big boy, with Kmart. He celebrated his birthday in the desert. How was the party? It was a lot of fun. Yeah? <laughs> did, you get a, did you get candy and toys? Yeah, I got a, uh, I got a shark cake because I love sharks. Um, looked, like, <laughs> looked like it took someone's leg off. It's pretty crazy the way they put that thing together. Um, got some new golf shoes, um, a new golf shirt out there. My wife iced me in front of my friends that were there after I already had a couple beers and was full. So that made me want to throw up. So yeah, all in all a good, a good fun weekend. (laughs) Absolutely love to hear and glad to have you back. We missed you on Sunday and I think that's why we went two and three because you weren't with us. Yeah, probably. I, uh, I on my picks Asshole. that I posted went three and two, but you know I, I think we all feel really dumb for keeping the Chiefs in there. Oh yeah. Um, really wish I would have just stuck with my early lean on the Raiders. Like mm. we, at least we played them last night, so you know can't complain too much. Also joined tonight, Chris Duke is here, our French baguette idiot. Chris, <laughs> all we had to do was take out Chiefs, and what was the other one we could have taken out? Lions. Chiefs and Lions put in Raiders and Jags and we're four and one instead of two and three. The margin, that's how narrow this margin is. Oh yeah. It's always going to be a, you know, by the hair, your chin, chin, chin and these uh, pick five, you know, contests we're in. You got to narrow them down. It's hard with 16 games a week. And it's hard to pick the right ones, but we'll talk about NFL here in a few minutes. We do want to spend a couple minutes on the NBA conference finals uh, Kmart, you are, I mean, you called this early in the series. You said, you know what? The line is going to be seven, but the line should probably be three or four. Therefore there's going to be line value and taking the nuggets every game. And here we are. Nuggets are two and one ATS so far. Yeah. I mean, it's, if you watched them earlier in the season, uh, the regular season before the bubble and even the game in the bubble, the nuggets had the Lakers on the ropes and similar to tonight, the Lakers made a great comeback, ended up winning it late, um, you know, in the bubble game, obviously not tonight. Uh, Nuggets uh, end up cruising late, but um, I mean, apart from the Lakers defense, which can, you know, bothers a lot of teams with length, um, Denver just has a lot of guys, you know, you kind of call them energy guys that they can just kind of throw in. Um, you know, with Murray, with Porter, Jokic, they got Harris, who's good energy on the defense, can still hit some open shots. Uh, Jeremy Grant, you know, coming into his own and a few others. So, I mean, the team, it, it's nicely built. Um, I don't want to pull a Charles Barkley and, you know, shoot my fucking face off, but, you know, I don't really <laughs> see the Lakers losing this series. Um, but even with that said, I wouldn't. I mean, I'd be pissed, but I wouldn't be totally shocked because Steam just has a lot of heart. They're never out. I mean, being down 3-1 in two straight series, that's just that's just insane. Um, so they got to be feeling pretty good getting this win, pretty much going uh, wire to wire with this thing. I think the only time they trailed was 2-1, to one, or one nothing actually. Um, or I think, yeah, then 4-2. to two. Other than that, I think they were clear sailing. Um, but, yeah, yeah it's just that – overreaction inflated line with the lamo james on on the team (laughs) 
Chris, two things. Uh, let's talk just for a quick second about betting a series. And when you think there's going to be line value on the one team, this has kind of been how I've betting ho- been betting hockey with these dogs. You think there's value backing this one team over and over again. Are you just trying to hope that if the series goes five or six games, the team you're backing goes four and two ATS, three and one ATS, three and two, and you just come out with a small profit? Yeah, I think, I mean, you want a little bit more than a small profit. I mean, uh, I know Kmart's thinking it's probably going to go like six-ish. And, uh, but, hey, I mean, Lakers could win four-two and, and only go, you know, two and four against the spread and then you come out with a nice profit, you know? So, uh, it just depends. And, uh, I think every game, you know, has already been pretty competitive and, you know, these games are probably going to leave them at, you know, seven points ish each game. And so, you know, the nugs, as long as they can, they're going to keep fighting. Like Kmart said, they're a tough team, great big guy. Um, you know, got the great one, two, they're two, like the Lakers do so they're going to be feisty they're not going to go down without a fight and you know kind of when we talk about back doors with with football you know when you're when a team in the playoffs is getting six seven points you know they could be down 13 14 and you think oh I've got it covered and they can make a little run end up losing by five or six and and you know they could do the back door in, in the NBA so you got to be careful I guess Chris maybe the better way I could have asked the question is to talk about our boy Den where you can get in trouble is kind of ping-ponging back and forth. Like, okay, today I'm going to take the Nuggets and they won outright. So next time I'm going to take the Lakers because I think it's going to swing back the other way. You can mm-hmm. really get in trouble if you bounce back and forth and then you just end up picking wrong sides game after game. Is it almost better to just say, okay, we know the Nuggets are probably better than a seven-point dog, so let me just take them every game. And like you said, hope they go 4-2 and two in the series ATS, even if they end up losing it. Well, I think he is taking the dip, the opposite approach of us, isn't he? I mean, uh, I think he, he the other day wasn't he all over the. I think he was on the Lakers and the Nuggets covered, and uh, here he was again. I think he bet a little bit on the Lakers first half; they didn't cover. So, I think he might be saying, "Well, I think the Lakers are due for a blowout." you know, victory and, and where we're like, well, we'll just keep riding the nugs because we know they're a tough squad and they'll keep it close. So, you know, it's just a difference of, I guess, uh, I mean, sharp and square. Game, the nuggets were going to win. It was definitely going to be this game uh, down 2-0. It's, it was, uh, it was, there are pretty much only two bets, I guess you could say. Nuggets money line and what Den was probably thinking, Lakers in a blowout because, if the Nuggets started slow again, I mean, I'd almost look for them after that buzzer beater by Anthony Davis to just say, all right, throw it in. I know I know they've been down 3-1, but to kind of go through that, um, have, you know, the Lakers with LeBron and AD, I, I felt like that could have been, you know, imposing will. And I was kind of looking for that, but give them heart, give them credit for their heart in the first quarter. And they just, uh, you know, they build up that lead. Kmart, to kind of follow up on that, one narrative you're going to hear a lot over the next few days is, well, at some point the Nuggets are going to run out of gas. They've just been down too many times, 3-1 in all these series. Do you buy that? Do you see them, like, the longer this series goes, could you see them kind of eventually stalling out? Or do you think they're going to just keep fighting until the very end and, and have a great chance to cover in every game? 
Oh yeah, they're gonna keep fighting. I mean, they've we've seen it twice already. Being down three to three one, they didn't give up. Um, like I said earlier about the Nuggets and their energy guys, they're just they're just happy to be here. Um, they're gonna come out. And those guys come on the court, even if they're not starting, they're they're going to play with everything they got. And that's what makes this team so dangerous because it's almost a different guy bringing that energy every night. I mean, tonight, Paul Millsap was kind of kind of the reason why the Lakers got back in the game. But if you go back to game five in the Clippers series, he was the reason they came back to win that thing. So, and I know he's a vet, but in my argument was, you know, with the younger guys, but you just, that's the point of this team like you just don't know they have so much talent you just don't know who's really going to bring it so Lakers you could tell they just weren't bringing the same intensity tonight so I'd look for that to change in game four and let's just jump to the other series really quick clearly you think that Miami has overachieved and that they just can't keep doing this and you finally you are a stubborn fuck you finally got Boston in game three and you're back on Boston tomorrow. Kind of the same idea. You think there's line value on Boston. You're going to keep backing them. And you're kind of hoping that things sort of correct themselves and Boston ends up winning out in the end, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the line's probably right. I mean, highest it should be is probably Boston minus four. Um, I, I I just personally like the matchups here. Uh, they have more depth. They clearly have more talent. I feel like they're better coached. I'm not a big fan of Spolstra. He's done a hell of a job with this unit with all these rookies in there as well. But the Heat's biggest advantage is Bam. I mean, uh, it, looked, it looked like the Celtics in game three figured out a way to kind of uh, impose their will and bring their style of basketball into the series that might be hard for the Heat to uh, contend with. I do like the extra days of preparation with, I don't know, my theory is letting the uh, Lakers series catch up uh, just so there's not a big uh, layaway for one of the teams uh, going into the finals. But, I mean, I, I still like Boston in the series. I mean, we've seen the Nuggets do it twice. Even if they lose game four, I'm still going to be on Boston in game five just because I like the matchup edge and I'm willing to, to go down with the ship. Chris, the um... – Dennis had the over today and cashed it in both the first half and the game. Uh, overs are four and two in the conference final round, but unders are still 60% for the playoffs. Chris, would you think that maybe the unders will regress a little bit as these series go longer and the games in theory become tighter? Yeah, that usually happens. Like we saw, I think both uh, game sevens in the last round, the Celtics and Raptors and the, Nugs and Jazz went um, under, and so I mean, it, it just inevitably tightens. Like the whole, you know, theory of legs get weaker, shots get shorter, and they're clanking. I mean, uh, you're, I'm going to lean towards more unders. I mean, you already see it going lower. Like these, I mean, the Nuggets against the Clippers had like 220 something point totals, and now these ones are. 212 215 against the Lakers it's like you know the average Joe's like it's got to go over right but I mean you saw this one today even barely snuck over at 220 it could have went under with with less fouls so but um one thing to Kmart's point like I would look towards you know checking out these teams that get down 
early in the series because we've never seen these series go on like this with a huge break in the middle of the season. I mean, everybody usually thinks, oh, these guys are tired. They're down 3-2 or 3-1. There's no way they can come back. But they forget they didn't play a full 82 games. They haven't been playing, you know, like in usual. They had a big, you know, break, a lull in the season. So they might have a lot more energy to, to make a comeback than usual. So I'd keep that in mind when you're looking at teams coming back. Makes sense to me. All right, that was a good little NBA discussion. We're going to take a quick break, come back, and we're going to look ahead and talk about some NFL games that we have our eye on later this weekend. So we're going to talk about Anchor and then come right back. Okay, so we've got our eye on a couple games, and last week was overreaction week, or so we thought. And, you know, we fell into the trap of – buying low and selling high on buying low the Eagles, sell high the Rams, and that completely blew up in our face. So these little narratives, and everybody tells you not to overreact, they don't always hold 100% true. you got to still be really careful. Now, what you're going to hear a lot of sharp guys or professional bettors say this weekend is to keep an eye on teams that are 0-2 straight up and 0-2 ATS because inherently there's value People have bailed hard on teams like that, uh, teams like Philadelphia, teams like Minnesota that have looked like absolute garbage so far. So what we want to do is we picked three games out that we think the professional betters or the sharp betters are going to hammer these sides because uh, there are system plays for these guys. They're, they're buying low on teams that are 0-2 ATS that have really not looked good. And we, we just want to talk between Kmart and Chris about whether that's worth buying into or if that's a, a hard sell because these teams just might be that bad. So the first game we want to talk about is the Titans and the Vikings. Now, the Titans are not 2-0 ATS. They actually have not won against the spread. They, they won but didn't cover against both Denver and Jacksonville. And now they go to Minnesota. Now, Chris, I'll let you go first on this one. This would traditionally be a huge buy-low opportunity for the Sharps coming in on the the home Vikings at a depressed value. The Vikings have looked like absolute shit against both Green Bay and Indianapolis. Do you think there's value in buying low on Minnesota? I I do. I mean, it's a little scary just because you and I were talking earlier, like, what about the teams that are 0-2 against the spread like the Titans are? Um, you know, is it due for them to, to hit? So uh, it makes me a little weary. But um, I do think that, you know, the Vikings, and we know their defense is not the same of yesteryear and stuff. But, I mean, we should probably look at the look ahead. I mean, this has probably got to be Vikings minus one or something. There's got to be some value on the Vikings catching, you know, the two and a half. And, uh Kirk Cousins, I mean, everyone's going to say how poorly their offense played because their defense didn't play that poorly. It was their offense that killed them against the Colts last week. So I would lean that way just because, I mean, I, I just don't like to get caught on the side of what maybe 60, 70, 80% of people are going to be thinking. And to be quite frank, uh, the Titans didn't look, I mean, they let the Jags really run all over them, score 30 points. They didn't look very impressive. So I would think that the Vikings could squeak one out. So. Hey, Mark, to Chris's point, the look ahead was pick here. And, you know, 
Now we're sitting at Titans minus two and a half. Yet over 75% of tickets on the Titans so far. You watch these two teams play so far this season. Tennessee is better across the board, literally everywhere. So are you a sucker for not taking Tennessee here? What do you think? No, I think the sucker play is Tennessee. Um, I was actually looking at this game yesterday, uh, even before we kind of started saying, you know, thinking about what we're going to do this podcast on. And uh, my other associate and I, uh, in our uh, contest play, <laughs> we were together yesterday in Phoenix. We were uh, just wanting to get a jump on it. And we're thinking possibly of, uh, of this play being in our picks. I don't personally know if I want it in any of my contest plays, but I think if there is a side, it's Minnesota. Like Chris was saying, and both you guys, I mean, they, they look terrible um, offensively, defensively. Yeah, they bent but didn't break last week. Um, I mean, that, that final score could have been really insane. Uh, Colts, once again, miscues early on kind of kept the, kept the uh, Vikings in it, then just a bunch of field goals. Um, just kind of a crazy game. But um, Tennessee hasn't really looked that good. Um, I think everyone's thinking, oh, Vrabel defense. Shit, man, they were one game away from the Super Bowl. Man, they got hot. It's crazy the differences between one year can make, um, unless you're Tom Brady and the Patriots. It's very hard to go back to the Super Bowl to get back to a AFC championship game. Um, I don't really like Tennessee's offense. Cool, they have the Hulk running the ball, but apart from that, they don't they don't really have that many weapons. AJ Brown could be good. Kind of, I don't know. I don't know yet. I need to see more. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of Tannehill. I think he's a great baseball player, but um, just <laughs> kind of vanilla with when it comes to um, I don't know. He, he just gets the job done. Uh oh, Kmart and Chris Duke on the same side. I smell oh, no. smell yeah. something good. <laughs> on a team that no one wants right now. Oh so. yeah, just I mean, we'll like see. Offense, you know, they're missing digs. Justin Jefferson, the rookie, had some nice plays last week, so you you got to think they're going to start getting him involved a little bit more. Um, I, th- I think it's Vikings or no play here. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we're on the right side if we uh, end up going with that. Jeez. I, it's Tuesday. I reserve the right to change my mind. I want absolutely no part of this game in any contest. I don't want to bet this game. I have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, yikes. But we'll move on. Another team that uh, now, okay, Dallas should not have won on Sunday. We we all know that. Now, kind of a fluky game. I think, Chris, you and I were watching this one. They started out like with three fumbles and Fumble, a turnover fumbles, on downs. Punt. So, punt, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let's not get carried away saying that they were getting killed by Atlanta. Like, there was some fluky stuff that happened in that game. But Dallas is 0-2 against the spread. They are somehow 1-1. And now they go to Seattle. And the Seahawks 
murdered Atlanta and then ended up kind of surviving against the Patriots, but we were pretty sure the Patriots are pretty good. Seattle 2-0 straight up, 2-0 against the spread. Russell Wilson is completing like 85% of his passes and just mowing people down with amazing throws. It's a little bit surprising, but no one wants Dallas here. This this look ahead line was Seattle minus three and a half, and now it is Seattle minus five. Kmart, I will let you start this time. Boy. No one wants the Cowboys. Everybody is on Russell Wilson's dick. <laughs> what do you think? Sierra. Dude, I got I got Russell Wilson in a, a fun little eight eight team uh, fantasy league, and it's been fun watching him just uh, do shit he's been doing, doing a mean fantasy for years. Apart from that, I'm a Niner fan, so fuck you, Russell Wilson. Fuck you, Dallas. Um, but back to the point. I mean, uh, both these defenses are very generous. Um, I was expecting to see Cam Newton struggle a little bit last week. Um, a lot of big plays. He looks back. I'm not impressed with, I mean, Jamal Adams is everywhere, but he's only one man. He can't do it all. I I just, uh, I, I kind of think, uh, Dak Prescott is, a is the, uh, little ugly brother of Russell Wilson. They're very similar in styles of plays, both very dynamic move outside the pocket. Um, Dak Prescott, you know, got made fun of for dink and dunk Dak, but he can uh, get the ball downfield. He's got Cooper and uh, uh, CD Lamb now. Still got that beast in the backfield. I don't think Dallas is going to win, but shit, how many, how many games are we seeing in and around that four or five? I'm leaning taking the Cowboys on this one, uh, just taking those that that short spread and just assuming this one is going to be uh, kind of down to the last possession again. I mean, somehow Seattle stopped Superman from a yard and a half out. I I would have if I could have, I would have probably bet a thousand dollars Cam Newton was scoring that touchdown. So I'm glad, unlike the Super Bowl, however many years ago was that, I didn't get a live bet in. <laughs> So Chris Kmart on both sharp sides so far with the Vikings and the Cowboys, you know, the pros are going to try to buy low on the Cowboys and they're going to not fall for the trap with the hot as you can be Seattle Seahawks. What do you think here? Do you think the pros are onto something here? Taking the Cowboys, taking the Cowboys as a rare dog that no one wants only 25% of bets right now. Yeah, I mean, we talk about always, like, trying to be on Phillip Rivers when nobody wants to be, like, last week, right? And and fade him when everyone thinks they should win. And same thing with these other popular teams. Like, let's be, like, ditch the Cowboys when they're supposed to win, right? And then be on them when they're, when they're not supposed to. And this is one of those weeks. So, um, kind of weird. I thought maybe Kmart and I would disagree. It kind of feels good to touch tips with him uh, right now. But... <laughs> Like, I think I'm going to lean that too. I mean, I love, I mean, we love inflation. And uh, if we're going to get an extra couple of points and, you know, I love, I, I always say it's weird. It's a love-hate relationship betting with or against um, Russell Wilson. Like, I love to see his level of artistry. Uh, but I love to just uh, see him fail too. It's a, it's a weird thing. And um, I'm going to be on Cowboys, especially if it ticks up close to that that six mark. And, yeah. 
I don't know who the hell called that play call, and I don't know why Cam's diving from, like, the four-yard line. Like, he's only, you know, six feet, not nine feet, um, but or six three or six four. But I don't know why he's doing that, and that was kind of a, a retarded play call. He should have fucking done some. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, they should have rolled him out probably to the yeah. Drag. Yeah, give him give him some options, a little option but, play. A little, yeah, you know. Seattle blew that thing up, and I think he just tried to yeah. do, tried to dive. And right. Just they just read it. They knew. I mean, he ran that play. I think he scored two or three touchdowns running right. on that same exact play earlier. So it's like, hey, how about we mix it up a bit, huh, Bill yeah, Bell? No but, <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, so whatever. But, you know, like, like that's crazy that they even let, like Kmart said, it's surprising that they were even in that game and they had a chance to – to ruin everybody's, uh, you know, teasers and money lines on, on the Seahawks, but they held up. So, but yeah, I think this is something, you know, I mean, I hate backing, uh, you know, Mr. Mike McCarthy when he's supposed to win, but you know, he might have something dialed up here and everyone's going to be saying, man, the Cowboys should have got, they got destroyed. Like Matt said, they're up 20, nothing. They suck. And you know, they don't, they don't realize that there's just stupid, weird little mistakes that bounce the Falcons way. So, Okay, I'm going to try to get you guys to disagree on this last one. You talk about a team that no one wants right now. And Chris, you talk about inflation. Look ahead in Detroit, Arizona was Arizona three and a half. Now this line opened this week at six and a half and immediately got bet down to five and a half. And we got into a little Twitter back and forth with at Clev TA today. And we said, how the hell? Can you take the Lions right now? Chris, make the case for those dirty, gross, scum Matt Patricia Lions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, they're on my page. That's why Sharps probably bought quick, so we'll take that field goal of value. The only case I guess I can make for you, my friend Matthew, is that look at them. They were they were they had the game against the bears who are now suddenly two and oh and played, you know, played pretty tough against the giants and blue, like let them cover with the 17 zero victory, but they played really tough against the bears week one. And then they really played the Packers tough and had a 14, three lead. Yeah, it looked for, like they were for five minutes. Yeah. And so, and then they just, I don't know what happened. They just three and out, three and out, three and next time, like you and I were watching the game. We're like, uh, did the lions ever get the ball again? Like, yeah, they suck. That's what happened. We, we went an hour and a half before we red zone went back to the lions with the ball. (laughs) So yeah, I I don't know. I mean that, I mean, they covered first half is my case. I don't know. They, they hung with the Packers for the first half. Uh, fuck you, Dan, you lost that first half bet. But anyways, I don't know. I think that uh, everyone, like you said, this is one of those where just everyone's probably going to just say stay away or money line the cards or tease them, do a pick them, do whatever they can. They have to beat the Lions. And this is one where I could just see in the Lions, I think, blew a huge lead in Arizona last year. And like it, it ended up being a tie. Yeah. So, I mean, there might be some bad blood there and say, hey, we blew this last year, but we're going to show you what's up this year. So, I'd lean taking the points. All right, Kmart, you get to make the case for the the darlings of the NFL right now. Uh, we talked about how hot Russell Wilson is, but Kyler Murray is getting a lot of MVP possible love here too. 
the Cardinals looked very good against our Niners, a team they match up with very well, and they absolutely obliterated that stupid Washington football team. So does this seem like it's a no-brainer? Gimme hot Arizona, ascending offense, ascending QB versus the dog shit Matt Patricia Detroit Lions. All right. So this is probably a funny one. This is probably going to be like a watching the line for me. Minus six. I could uh, – I mean, I like Arizona this week. However, Detroit should have Galladay back. I don't know what the hell is going on in their secondary because if – if they're missing Trufant and Roberts again this week in that secondary, the Nickelback and a uh, and their left corner, I just don't see how they're gonna how they're gonna have the ability to slow down Hopkins. Um, Not Kirk. just Hopkins, Kirk. I mean, there's speed all over this Cardinals offense. Have people watched Kyler Murray just juke guys out of their minds? I know. Like, I just I, I haven't seen enough of Detroit's defense. <laughs> to make me believe that they can actually slow this team down. I would say Arizona's going to win this thing by double digits. Um, but it's just it's just that final injury report. Um, Kyler Murray looks just unstoppable. Uh, <laughs> we could be looking at a younger version of Russell Wilson and just someone who's ascending even quicker than he did. So his potential is pretty scary. Uh, I know a lot of pros, you know, with his height and size were kind of talking down on him last year, but man, he's making them eat those words and he's probably laughing all the way to the bank right now. But this team, I mean, I said it before week one, this was the team that reminded me of the Niners from last year. They got, they got a great defense over there that can, you know, defensive line, slow you down, put pressure on you, uh, Shit, they might have a better secondary than the Niners. Definitely do at this point. Um, and then offensively, I mean, it's just so explosive, especially adding Hopkins. It's, I mean, they're a dynamic team. And only week three, this team, this key, this team could be trouble and be making a play at a at a postseason run here if they can stay healthy. And that's the big thing. So. You know, I lean Cardinals. Uh, just kind of depends on that line and that final injury report before I would say it's a, it's a play. And I don't give a shit if it's 80% because <laughs> the matchups here, I mean, at this point, if if it were minus six with the exact same Lions team from last week, I'd probably put a grand on it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, I just Pull the cock out. Yeah, I just I just wouldn't be able to see how – Detroit would keep up with them. Uh, I mean, I know they have weapons, but. Kmart, you you mentioned Galladay, and I want to just look at that really quick because we saw a a receiver who did not play week one come back and play in week two, clearly still kind of banged up. And remember, these guys didn't get hit in the preseason at all. Cortland Sutton with Denver, and he immediately goes out and tears his ACL. So. Yeah, they have Galladay back, but he's clearly hurt and not full, not at full strength. And he's a couple games behind in terms of, I mean, can we just assume he's going to go back out there and just hit the ground running? Or, I don't know, this is kind of a unique situation with these guys not playing in the preseason at all. Yeah, I mean, they still, I mean, they were still having practices. It's not like they went out there 
with taking a month off. You know, they couldn't they couldn't practice at all. But I mean, after last week, I'm just kind of disgusted. I mean, just seeing all these players lose their seasons, these young players, these not even these average players, these elite players that bring in the revenue, especially when there's no fans. It's just it's kind of disheartening um, to see, you know, Barkley, Bosa, Thomas, Sutton. It's uh, I don't know. Like, I'm still kind of depressed just thinking about the talent that's lost, but Galde hammy issue. Uh, I think last week was preventative measures. Uh, I kind of said it going in. There's going to be a lot of these hammy issues. I sure as shit didn't see all these ACL injuries coming in. Um, it's hopefully it's just a fluky thing from last week and we don't see any more. But I don't think he's going to hit the ground running. I think, if anything, he's at least a deterrent. He's still got to put put bodies on him, even double teams, and that opens things up for the likes of DeAndre Swift, who the hell knows who's going to be their starting carries leader, AP or uh, on Johnson. I have no idea if they even know what they're doing in their backfield yet. But still have good weapons. They need to rethink their imagination and creativity on that offense because I feel like I could call better plays with those weapons they have. Um, but it's they're going to have to change something quick. And defensively, again, just, just not enough. Chris, give me one game. So other than those ones we talked about, give me one early lean you have for this weekend. For uh, NFL? Yeah. Um, I'm looking at, uh, um, looking at Broncos pretty hard. Um, oh, and two, I guess, I mean, technically they're two and oh against the spread. It just depends on the line you got in week one. Obviously if you laid one, two or got one or two, that closing line they covered, but it's just tough, uh, for teams, especially from, from Florida, especially with the humidity to go up in the dry elevation of 5,500 feet in Broncos and they're a tough squad and uh, they're almost catching I think they're catching six and a half right now so we'll see I think that that'll be tough I can see them hanging keeping close maybe lose by lose win or lose by a field goal and uh, maybe the Texans too I think the Texans have arguably the hardest schedule known to man this year Steelers have played some dog shit teams I think Texans can come and I think that lines up to four. They could keep that within a field goal, too, or maybe beat the Steelers. Hey, Mark, give me one you're looking at. Early lean. Yeah, so I'm kind of torn on the uh, Rams and the Saints right now, but uh, I think I'm going to go with uh, the Rams if I were to pick one. Um, Probably seems pretty square. They're getting two and a half, three. But you look at this team – they got a lot of elite talent on both sides of the ball. Um, this team was in the Super Bowl two years ago. And we we kind of found them fatable last year because two years ago, they stayed pretty much out of the injury bug. And what happened last year, everyone went down. Kind of like kind of like what's happening to the Niners now. Um, you know, it's just kind of one of those things in the NFL. You, you got to get lucky, and injuries are a big part of that. The Bills are another one of my – early season favorite teams here just good depth uh like their defense offensively they're starting to click but 
I do like the Rams to win this game. Um, you know, they're staying healthy early on. I think they have the experience. I think their defense can slow down the Josh Allen, Singletary, Moss. Um, I mean, Buffalo, I know they put up 31 points last week, but they had 17 on Miami with five, six minutes left um, in the game, trailing 20 to 17, then scored two quick ones. And I think after watching, I don't think Philly's as bad as people people think, especially me. But the Rams really impressed me last week, you know, getting up big early and just holding off that attack. I mean, once they knew you're going to pass, but still to to not go into the generic prevent, keep the pressure on, it's, uh, it's going to be a tough task for uh, Josh Allen, who is not quite yet an elite passer. I feel like that's a game we will definitely talk about more on our, our next pod on Thursday. Really weird travel situation there with the Rams. Uh, obviously, Buffalo hasn't played anybody yet. So, um, yeah, we'll spend some more time and, and dive a little deeper into that one. Last thing before we get out of here, Chris, give me a, a college lean for this weekend. College lean. Uh, I was looking at possibly it looks like 0-2 Syracuse is going to host Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech coming off of, uh, I think, week one. They they beat Florida State, which was a good win, but then they got beat. And now I think they were uh, – catching eight and a half against UCF and now they're laying all of a sudden laying eight and a half on the road we always love those big huge swings from dog to fave I think the orange everyone's down on the orange because they've played like shit against the who was it uh Pitt in North Carolina their first two games only putting up six and ten so but we love those uh those home dogs especially when the orange are catching it in the carrier dome. And uh, I think, I mean, another, I might lean towards, I know you were saying not a lot of home teams won, but East Carolina's catching again, UCF. They just saw UCF just dismantle Georgia tech. They might want to lay the four touchdowns on the road against East Carolina, but uh, they might have something to say about it. Um, a conference foe coming in there. Hey, Mark, you got a college lean for us? Uh, yeah, I'm uh... I'm leaning right now South Alabama against UAB, catching a six and a half at home. Love it. I think that game will be a little bit tighter than people think, pretty evenly matched. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> early in the season, no fans. Um, usually I kind of give that to, uh, you know, the opposing team, uh, the road team, but. South Alabama, uh, they got a pretty decent attack there on offense. Uh, should be a pretty slow game. And then if I were to do even another one, just to throw one out there. Let's see. forgot what I was going to say. I would do a small fave. We got South Florida against FAU, and I would uh, – Seems like it could be a trap, but FAU favored by minus two and a half at home. Uh, I like them to possibly win that game by uh, seven to ten. Which one was that, KMR? Florida Atlantic for South Florida. So, oh nice. Uh, kind of argue yeah. that's a that's a. I like good that. Fight. Go Owls! I think I think an early stinky one too might be a uh, Iowa State. They look like absolute dog shit against Lafayette. 
um, at home. Now they're going to TCU, laying two and a half, I'm seeing, and I'm also seeing all the action on TCU. That, my friend, is what we call a stinker when the favorites, uh, it's a little square dog. Everyone wants the TCU after Iowa State look like shit. Let's see what that line does with the Cyclones later on in the week. There we go. That's a wrap for us. So we will come back on Thursday. We'll dive more into NFL and kind of start to narrow down our own ideas for contest picks. So for Kmart, for Chris Duke, this is Matthew James for Fade. You will see you guys next time. Thank <laughs> you.